Good morning, everyone. Wow, look at how many people are here today. You know, some people start preparing for a hurricane four days before it happens, and they have an excuse for not coming to church, but you wouldn't let that happen today. So give yourselves a big hand. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I want you to get your hankies out because this is going to be an old school sermon, all right? So everybody ready? Get your hankies out because this is going to be old school today, all right? I want everybody to pass out a hanky because when I say something, I want you to hold it up and say old school with me, all right? Old school, all right? I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 24. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 24. Ephesians 5, verse 24. Husbands, love your wives. And all the wives said, Amen. Wow, just like a few wives. <laughs> all right. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself a radiant, everybody say radiant church, radiant. without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one has ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. Everybody say, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. Everybody say, his body. For this reason a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and his church. Now I want you to know today, husbands, you can chill out because I'm not going to talk about marriage today, alright? You're off the hook. What I am going to talk about is the church. Why am I going to talk about the church? Because I want you to know that I love my church. I'm going to say it again. I love my church. I love praying for my church. Every day I get up in the morning and I love praying for my church. I love working at my church. On Tuesday morning, I jump up and say, I get to do something that I love to do. The best job in the whole world, working with the best people in the whole world. I love getting together with my pastors and praying for an hour every day. I love going into the offices and seeing all the people doing the work of God. I love walking through the school and seeing those precious kids as they're learning not only spiritual things, but they're learning academic things as well. I love preaching at my church. I want you to know something. I preach at a lot of places, but there's no place like Bethlehem Assembly of God. I love preaching at my church. I love when I preach the word and I get a response like a big amen. Hallelujah. Come on, practice it with me. Amen. I love the worship at my church. I love the worship God at my church. I love to go over to the children's workers and, and I love to see what they're doing over at children's church. And I love the life groups. I love so much about my church. I love learning different ways that my church can become healthy. I mean, I love studying. I love preparing. I love gathering together with my staff because when we do that, we know that we're going to get healthier. And if we get healthier as a church, then you become the benefactors and the recipients of a healthy church. I love my church. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I love my church too. In fact, 
In fact, I want to find out who really loves their church. How many of you really love your church? Come on, say, I love my church. Come on, give me a wave. I love my church. All right. Now I want to hear some of you. Why do you love your church? Somebody want to tell me why you love your church? Come on, raise your hand. Anybody? Quickly. Anybody? Yeah, you all love your church, but you don't want to tell me why. All right, come on. Tell me why you love your church. Stand up and tell everybody why you love your church. We're multicultural like the heavens. Yes, she loves it because she's multicultural like the heavens. <laughs> because it preaches the truth. Amen. Anybody else love your church? Why do you love your church? Come on, Ann. Tell me why you love your church, Janie. Because we have a great pastor that feeds us with the uh, word of God every week. I, li I like that one. <laughs> Praise God. Why do you like your church? We all serve one God, Jesus. Amen. Anybody else love your church? Tell me why you love your church. Anybody else tell me why they love their church? All right, over here. Tell me why you love your church. Come on, stand up. Because it's home. It's home. Because it's home. Hallelujah. Anybody else love their church? Anybody else? All right, all the way in the back there. Well, I'm losing some weight this morning. Come on. Come on, stand up and tell me why you love your church. Because I can feel the love of God in everyone. Wow, I can feel the love of God in everyone. Why do you love your church, brother? Stand up and tell us. Because I see how much work we do around the entire world. Like, we donate to so many missions everywhere. We don't just see what's happening here. You know, like I sat here when I first came here. I'm like, where's all the money going? Then I do a mission trip to Jamaica and I see that we donate 300000 to build a church over there for all these poor people. It's just heartfelt. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, I love my church. Now this morning I want to give you a couple of reasons why I love my church. And I'm telling you right now, get ready, it's going to be old school, alright? The first reason why I love my church is because I love the Christ of my church. I love the Christ of my church. You see, I love this church because from the very beginning of this church, Christ has been the central figure and cornerstone of this church. Christ is proclaimed in this church. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Christ was crucified. He rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven. And I love this church because Christ is coming again. Christ is the Christ of this church. In fact, if Christ Jesus were not the Lord of this church, then I would not want to be here this morning. Now, I want you to know that this is not a perfect church. Nobody's perfect. I come close, but nobody is perfect. In fact, the truth is, this church is very imperfect. And when you joined the church, it became even more imperfect. You see, no church is perfect. And there's a lot of things about our church that God is looking down and saying, you know, you can tweak this and you can be healthier here or there. The truth is that it's your church, it's my church, and my church and your church is an imperfect church because we're imperfect people and you have an imperfect leader. But so, so often I, I hear people talking bad about the church. Not just this church, but the church in general. I hear people criticizing the church. We're irrelevant. That we're outdated. And some churches are outdated. And they need a makeover. And some churches are filled with hypocrites. And they say the church is filled with hypocrites. Guess what? The truth of the matter is, is sometimes I'm a hypocrite. Sometimes my life doesn't always match up with what God's Word says. Now I try my best in the power of the Spirit of God, but the truth is sometimes I fail, and sometimes I'm a hypocrite. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, I'm a hypocrite. 
sometimes I live hypocritically. And so, yeah, they're right. The church is filled with imperfect people that sometimes live in hypocrisy. Some people say the church doesn't meet my needs. You ever hear somebody say, well, I left that church because I had a need and it didn't meet my need. Some people say the church doesn't feed them, that they want to be fed. <laughs> that I came to church and I didn't get fed. Some people say the church has a lot of splits, that there's a lot of fighting in the church. And the truth is, the church does have its share of problems. And, and the truth is that the church has ha had its share of problems for many, many years. It had its share of problems right after Jesus ascended and went to heaven. The disciples had their share of arguments and problems. In fact, Barnabas and Paul had such a great argument over John Mark that the Bible says they had their first church split. And they went different ways. Paul the Apostle had to write to the church at Corinth and say, you know what? You've got the power of the Holy Spirit. You've got the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I can't write to you like you're mature people because you're acting like babies. He says, get your act together because the world is watching. So the church has always had problems. But even though the church is filled with imperfect people, and even though the church has its share of problems, I want you to know I love the church because Christ is the founder of this church. And Christ is the founder of the church in general. Christ is the founder of my church. You see, the church is not the imagination or invention of a man. The church isn't the idea of a group of people that got together. But 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 4 says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering your sacrifices to God that is acceptable to Christ himself. Friends, I want you to know that Jesus is the founder of the church. And way before the heavens were established, way before God created everything that we see, the Bible says that Christ was crucified so that that we would be holy and blameless in his sight and that he would raise up the church so that it might be the glory of who he is. It was God's idea. It was Christ's idea and he has become the founder of the church and long before you were even thinking about it, he was thinking that you and I would become living stones being built up into a spiritual house becoming a holy priesthood. Somebody say amen. Listen, you are a living stone. Now, I love to come to this building. I come to this building every morning, and I pray for you, the church. But you know what? This building is not the church. You are the church, and the Bible says you're living stones, and you're being built up together brick by brick. With all the mortar in between, we are held together so that we might be a church, one body, a church that's been founded by Jesus Christ, and he is the cornerstone. He's the founder of our church. See, Christ lives in every one of us. And wherever you go, you make up the church of Jesus Christ. Paul the Apostle said it this way. He said, every one of us have a specific gift. That the Holy Spirit has come into our lives and the manifestation of that Spirit comes alive in each and every one of us as living stones. And the body is made up of many parts, but it's one body. And that body breathes together. That body works together. I love the body of Christ because it is the body of Christ. It's not just the body of the assemblies of God. But he is the founder of this great church. But he's not only the founder of the church, but he's the builder of the church. 
Jesus said to his disciples, no matter what you go through in your life, no matter what the church goes through in its life, I want you to know that I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus said long ago, no matter what happens in the church, and the churches have gone through difficult times over the centuries. We've had the dark ages where the church went through the darkest period of all. But Jesus said, I want you to know this one thing. Be sure of this. I will build my church. He's the builder of the church. But not only is he the, the builder of the church, but he is the perfecter of his church. You see, I love my church because Jesus isn't finished with his church. I love my church because Jesus loves it so much. He loves every one of us that he allows us to go through the fiery trials of our life so that he can perfect this church. Why? Because the goal of the church is that it might be holy and acceptable to God so that when Jesus comes back, the great groom, the one that's coming back for his bride, he's going to come back for a church without spot or wrinkle. I'm saying that Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. I'm saying again, Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And friend, I want you to know that the church is going to have to go through some tough times. The church is going to have to go through some sifting. The church is going to have to go through times in which people are going to leave the church. Why? Because the preaching of the word will be strong and the world is going to get more and more darker and wicked. And as the world gets darker and wicked, there's going to be a great falling away. But I'm believing with all my heart, soul, and strength that none of you will be lost. That you'll be in the church because Jesus is perfecting you and he's making you out to be like go because he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle glory to God hallelujah I love the church I'll tell you why I love the church I love the church because it belongs to Jesus you see I'm gonna I'm just about to get old school on you you ready I'm gonna tell you I love the church because Jesus is the Alpha and Omega he's the beginning and the end hallelujah he's the ancient of days I'm getting old school on you now he's the beginning and the end he's the beloved son of God he's the bread of life he's the chief cornerstone I'm getting old school on you now he's Emmanuel God is with us he's the first and the last he's the firstborn amongst the dead he's the head of the church he's the heir of all things he's the great I am he's a living bread he's a living stone he's a living water he's a living glory he's a Lord of glory he's a Lord of Lords he's the mighty God he's our Passover lamb I'm getting old I said I'm getting old school on you today he's the Passover he's the Savior he's my Redeemer he's the Prince of Peace he's the Prince of life he's the Savior of the world he's the rock of ages hallelujah he's He's the prince of power. He's the soon coming king. He's the son of man and he's the son of God. He's the sun that outshines the darkness. Hallelujah. He's the truth, the way, and the life. I said I'm getting old school on you today. He's unchangeable. He's unending. He's undefeatable. He's undeniable. And he's altogether beautiful. I love my church because he's the head of the church. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet with me right now. Come on, stand to your feet right now. Raise your hands and worship Jesus. I said, raise your hands and worship Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love the church because you're the head of the church. I love the church because you're the founder of the church. I love the church because you're the builder and perfecter of the church. Oh, Jesus. 
there's just something about that name hallelujah Jesus 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 there's just something about that name he is my master master Savior Jesus like the fragrant after come on sing Jesus Jesus Let all heaven and earth proclaim kings and kingdoms, kings but there's something. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a shout. Give him a shout this morning. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I love my church because I love the conviction of my church. I love my church because we still have conviction. I love my church because it's filled with people that have the conviction of the Holy Spirit in their lives. That they still have the conviction to know what is right and what is wrong. In a society whereby churches are changing what they say they believe. Churches that are distorting the Word of God. Churches that are changing their doctrine to fit today's society. This church still believes that the Bible is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Every one of every words, of every syllable, of every page of the scriptures, we believe it is infallible. We believe the word of God is inerrant and totally, totally, 100%, absolutely inspired by God. You see, I love my church because it's got conviction. My church still believes there, there, there are things that are still worth dying for. My church believes that there are things that are right. There are some things that are simply right. And there are some things that are just wrong. And no matter what man says it may be right. No matter what preacher may say it would be right or wrong. No matter what clergyman might say it's right or wrong. This church still believes there are certain things that are still right. This church believes in the sanctity of life and the sanctity of marriage. This church still believes in the compassion of God in this world. This church still believes and has convictions because it lives by its core values that were forged from the beginning of the church that made this nation a great nation. And this church has compassion to put their money where their mouth is. That this church, when they see a need, they meet a need. Friends, I, I'm, I'm blessed to say that I go to a church where th this church has people that are, are willing to do things that are so incredibly awesome 
in this world because they've got conviction. You see, I love my church because I love the congregation of my church. Now, I just told you that we're all imperfect. And sometimes you get on my nerves. And the truth is that even in the best of churches, there are people that are self-seeking. There are people that are self-absorbed, that it's all about them. There are people that are insensitive in the church. And there will always be hypocrites in the church and people that act unchristlike in the church. And there will even be people that are just simply cantankerous, difficult people to get along with. I call them special grace people. <laughs> people that have come into my life, people that have come into the church that they need a lot of grace. Not only do they need a lot of grace, but I need a lot of grace. Hallelujah. I say, God, your grace is sufficient for me when it comes to this person. That I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So they're extra grace kind of people. But let me tell you, but my church has some of the best and most loving people that I've ever met in my life. That this church has some of the most generous people that I've ever met. That some, some people in this church have to be some of the most caring people that I've come across. Some of the most compassionate people. Some of the people that have been so steadfast in their walk with God. Doesn't matter what happened in the church 10 years ago. The church can go through the valley. The church can go through difficult times. The church can lose its pastor. But their eyes are on the master and they stay with the church. They're not tumbleweed Christians. They don't go from one place to the next place. But they put their feet in the ground and they plant themselves and say, This is my church. I love my church. I will die for my church. I will fight for my church. I will love my church. I will give to my church. I will bless my church. I will support my church. Why? Because this is my church. Glory to God. I love my church because there are people in this church that have shown such acts of kindness. It blows me away when I go away on a missions trip with some of the people of this church. I have seen people literally take the shirt off their back. I have seen people take the boots off their feet. I have seen people take their whole suitcase full of clothes and give it to people. I have seen people take their wallet out when a missionary comes to the church and shares about a need in Africa. And they have emptied out their wallet because they believe in the Christ of the church, in the commission of the church, and they believe in what God is doing at Bethlehem Assembly of God. I have seen people so compassionate. In fact, let me tell you, I sat with a group of men that I respect and honor so dearly. They are the board of this church on Thursday. And we gave out about $100,000 to missions. We built two churches in Africa. This Thursday night, we decided we're going to build two churches in Africa. Come on, somebody. Amen. And we gave money to orphanages and we gave money to Convoy of Hope and we gave money to hurting churches. We even gave money to churches on Long Island. Why? Because I have a church that I am a pastor of. And let me tell you something. You guys far out seed, exceed me when it comes to loving people. Let me tell you something. I love my church because of the congregation of this church. You see, I've been in a lot of churches. I get to preach in a lot of churches. But man, I tell you what, when I come home, I love to preach in my church. You see, when I go to other churches, unfortunately, I see there's kind of one denomination or one, one kind of person in that church. You know, I've been in black churches, and I was the only white person in that black church. And you know what? You can find me real quick. 
And I've been in white churches where you couldn't find me because it was all white, friends. And friends, I want you to know there's something incredible about this church. Because, you know, I preach at a whole lot of churches and there's not something that I can see in this church. Because, you know what, when I come home to my church, and let me tell you something. I preached in some big churches and I've seen God do some great things. But I love to come home to Bethlehem Assembly of God. Because when I walk into the doors of this church, I see a multi-ethnic church. Hallelujah. I see a slice of heaven. I see people from all nations. Hallelujah. Over 40 nations represented in this church. It's so glorious. Why? Because we are the body of Jesus Christ. And friend, I want you to know, it's exciting when I can come to my church and I see people from Ecuador and I see people from Asia. Hallelujah. And I see people from America and I see people from Germany all over the place. Why? Because we know that heaven's going to be like this. When we get to heaven, we're going to see the glory of God in the church of Jesus Christ. And I've got to tell you something. The truth is, I need you. I need you Jamaican people. Because you make some good curry and jerk chicken. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I need your Hispanic people because I like arroz con pollo and sancocho. And I'm telling you something. I need you far beyond food. There is something that you bring to this church that completes the church. And if I go to a church and it's all one color, I know it's incomplete. Let me tell you, I'm not trying to be down on anybody else's church, but I just know when I walk in that door, it's incomplete because I can't be complete unless I've got my Asian brothers and sisters, unless I've got my Jamaican brothers and sisters, unless I've got my Latin American brothers and sisters, unless I've got my Jewish brothers and sisters. Come on, somebody. Why? Because you've got something I need. You've got a culture. You've got a legacy. You've got a heritage. Hallelujah. You've grown up in a certain way, and I need all of that to make me complete. We don't compete, but we complete one another. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Now, I want to tell you something. We've got a long way to go. Because here's what I know. I know that even though we come together on a Sunday morning and we look at the back of somebody's head as we're listening to the preacher, there are times when we still feel more comfortable in our little groups. And after church, I see your little groups kind of congregating with one another. And I jump in and I say, let me tell you, this white boy's going to break it up right now. <laughs> and it's one thing to say to come into church together and spend an hour and a half together sitting by somebody of a different color. It's a whole different color when we say we're going to open our homes. Hallelujah. And that we're going to become intentional about becoming the body of Christ with all of the colors. Hallelujah. That we would say, you know what, it's time for me to open my house. And if I don't see a color in my house, I know that there's something wrong. There's something incomplete about the situation. Hallelujah. I'm going to look around and I'm going to be definitive. And I'm going to be intentional about including people into my circle. Why? Because I'm better when somebody of a different color is with me. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. I love my church because of the congregation. Lastly, I love my church because of the celebration of the presence of God. You see, next week we're going to talk about loving our church because of the compassion and commission and consummation, cooperation of our church. But today I want to tell you that I love my church because when I come to my church, I get to celebrate the presence of God. You see, Jesus said it this way. He said, even if there were two people together, I'd be in your presence. 
He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in, in your midst. And then friends, I want to tell you something. I've been to the World Series. And I saw Andy Pettit pitch his second game of a World Series. And they won the game. And we went absolutely crazy. I was hugging people that I never saw in my <laughs> life. I was at the game when the Miami Dolphins were defeated by the New York Jets a long time ago. And the people jumped out of their seats. I was hugging everybody I could. They ripped the stadium apart. They pulled down the field goal post and they were celebrating friends. I've been at a game when it was in the ninth inning. There were two outs, two strikes against and Abanez hits a home run and the place goes absolutely crazy. But there is nothing. There is nothing that can compare to a Sunday morning when the people of God gather together and we feel the presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. There's nothing better than when this old pastor, 20 years after he started preaching the gospel, when people still come to the altar. Hallelujah. When I say, bow your heads and close your eyes, and I say, if you die today, do you know for certain you go to heaven, and somebody will get out of their seat and walk up this aisle. Friend, I want you to know there's nothing more exciting than seeing somebody come to know Jesus Christ as they're saved. In fact, the Father gets off the throne and says to his angels, we're going to have a party. When one sinner comes home, there's more rejoicing than a Super Bowl. Hallelujah. There's more rejoicing than a World Series game. There's nothing like the feeling of God when the people of God of all nations, of all races gather together and they raise their hands together and they begin to worship the Lord and the presence of Almighty God comes down on the sanctuary of God's people. It's like the people of Israel. The Bible says that God said to Moses, build me a tabernacle so my presence might dwell in that tabernacle. And Moses built that tabernacle. Every Everything, every single detail exactly the way God wanted him to build it and when he was done building that church when he was done building that tabernacle the Bible says that God was so pleased that he descended upon the tabernacle that they would feel the glory of God and Moses could not get back on his feet because the presence of Almighty God was so thick in the house of the Lord friend there's nothing like the presence of Almighty God when God begins to touch, when God begins to move, when God begins to reveal himself as the one who can heal our sicknesses and take away our disease, when God begins to wrap his arms around you and tells you that no matter what you've done yesterday, you're still welcome in this house today. Hallelujah. That God will still wrap his arms around you and bring healing to your broken heart, to your broken soul. There's just absolutely nothing better than when the congregation of God's people gather together and the presence of God comes and fills the house. Oh, how blessed and how good it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in the house of the Lord. It's like the anointing oil that flows from the head down to the beard and onto the collar of the high priest and it flows through the fingertips of the people who come out of the church being the church of Jesus Christ. Oh, how good and how pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. For there is the blessing of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. 
let us bless the Lord together. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the church of God. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, let the congregation of God's people stand and rejoice and say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, I love my church because I love the Christ of my church. I love my church because I love the conviction of my church. I love my church because I love the celebration of my church. I love my church because I love the congregation who knows the presence of Almighty God. Stand to your feet right now. Raise your hands towards heaven and sing this song with me. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Worship. Worship His holy name. Hallelujah. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul. I worship your holy name. Come on, let me sing. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. All my soul. Worship Your holy name. Come on, sing it one more time. Bless the Lord, Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh my soul. I worship His holy name. I love my church because when we gather together the Bible says and we praise the Lord God says I inhabit in the praises of my people friend I believe the presence of God is here today I know the presence of God is here today because he promised me when we gather together in his name praising the Lord he will inhabit the praises of his people friend Jesus is walking up and down the aisles of this church right now and maybe you need to be healed in your body Jesus will heal you I know he will why because he's here in this place maybe God needs to heal your wounded heart or your wounded soul God can do it today why because he's in this place and when the people of God together worship him he comes and kisses us he comes and wraps his arms around us and he says boys he calls his angels together and says that's my church that's what I want God to say about Bethlehem Assembly of God that's my church you see I love to brag about my church wherever I go I brag about my church you know I go to another church and I'll say you know I love coming here but you have never been to my church you see there's something about my church that I love to brag about and you know what more than us bragging about the church God loves to brag about you you know what Paul the Apostle said in Ephesians let the glory of God be in the church 
He said, let the glory of God be in the church. You see, I love the church because the glory of God represents the character of God. And you, my friend, are the character, the reflection of God. So I want you to raise your hands again. And I want you to sing with all your heart, with all your soul. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, my soul. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I worship Your holy name. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul. I worship your heart. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Keep your hands up. Everybody, keep your hands up in this whole place. I got to get a picture of this. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. This is going on Facebook. And I'm going to tell everybody around the world, that's my church. Hallelujah. That's my church. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. Sing like never before. Oh my soul. Worship your holy name. Lord, I worship your holy name. Lord, I worship your holy name. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this place. You say, Pastor Steve, is there room for me in your church? Pastor Steve, is there room for me at the cross? Is there room in this wonderful church for me? And I say, absolutely. You see, this church is not exclusive. It's all inclusive. You see, I want you to join the church. I want you to join the church because the church is God's representation to the world of what he looks like. I want you to join the church because in the church, I find everything that I need in his church. I find peace, I find joy, I find love, I find friendship, I find relationship, and I find a God, a Christ of the church that loved me so much that when he died on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he gave me eternal life. Maybe you're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. And I need Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins. I need to get right with God today. Whether you're watching this via live stream, whether you're in the cafe today, wherever you are, you say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven. And I need Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sin. I want to join his church. I want to join his church. Now, friends, I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm asking you to join his church. You say, Pastor, pray for me today. I want to know that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. I want you to raise your hand quickly right now. You're here. You say, I need to get right with God today. God bless you, young lady. Somebody else in this place in the balcony, you say, I, I just need to get right with God today. Raise your hands today. We want to pray for you right now. Anybody else in this place? Yes, yes. I see that hand. Yes, yes, yes. All these young hands today. 
Friends, there's nothing better. There's nothing better than seeing people come into the kingdom of God. I see that hand. Anybody else? I want to get right with God today. Anybody else? I need to know that if I died today, I'd have peace with God. That my name is written in that ledger. My name is written in that membership role. The church, it's a glorious church, friends. Without spot or wrinkle because we're in Christ Jesus. If you raise your hand today, I want to pray for you. I love you. This is what I live for. You raised your hand and said, I want to get right with God today. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, you know, if, if you raised your hand and you didn't raise your hand, but if you don't know if you die, you go to heaven, I'll go with you. And, and I want you to get out of your seat right now. I want to pray for you. Come out of your seat right now if you raised your hand. I want to pray for you right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You know what the Bible says? Right now, as this young lady is walking up this aisle, heaven is rejoicing. Hallelujah. Heaven is rejoicing. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. Heaven is rejoicing. Heaven is rejoicing. Heaven is rejoicing. Hallelujah. Heaven is rejoicing. Sing like never before. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. Sing like never before. Oh my soul, worship Your holy name. Now I'd like to all the workers right now. If you do something for me right now, I'd like to all the workers right now to take those that you're working with. And I want you to spend a lot of time with them, as much time as they want, as much time as they need. And I want you to make sure that by the time they leave this church, they know that Jesus and only Jesus can give them eternal life. And that they can't work for their salvation, they can't earn their salvation. All they can do is receive the free gift of eternal life through the grace that was poured upon them at the cross. And then I want you to pray with them and I want you to pray for them. I want you to pray that the Holy Spirit would come upon their lives and their whole life would be changed as a result of coming into the kingdom of God. And I want you to do that. Just go to, the, to my left. Go to my left right now. Quickly. Now I'm going to ask you to do something, church. I love my church, but we've got a far way to go when it comes to racial reconciliation. And there's some stuff that's still, there's some stuff that's still underlying in our hearts. And friends, let me tell you something. In the next couple of weeks, our love for one another is going to be tested. In the next couple of weeks, our love for one another, our unity is going to be tested. And if you've got nothing good to say, keep it to yourself. But here's my prayer for this church. That we would be such a reflection of what it really means to be a multi-ethnic church. That white people wouldn't run away. I'm staying. This is my church. I came here when I was six years old. And I've been here since I was six years old. That's 20 years. That's a long time. <laughs> and why is that funny? 
And I've been through a lot in this church. But I love this church. This is my church. And anyone is welcome in my church. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you came from. Now, some of you might have to change when you come to my church. Because God loves you enough that he'd never leave you where you are. But if you would just look around for a moment, there's people of all colors and races. And here's what I want you to do, because this is going to be a reflection of heaven. Jesus said, when we get to heaven, every tribe and every nation will be represented around the throne room of God. Let's pretend for a moment, listen to me, let's pretend for a moment that this is the throne room of God right here. And your job as a lover of Christ is to bring as many people as you can to the kingdom of God. And that may mean that you might need to bring them into your house. They, they may need to eat your food. They may need to hear your, your voice. They may need to feel your white hands going around their African-American body saying, I love you no matter what. You may be the person in this room that comes from India and you might wrap your Indian hands around somebody who's a white man and say, you know what? It doesn't matter. We're all going to heaven together. Hallelujah. You're my brother and my sister. And I've come to give you the good news. I've come to share the good news with you. I've come to share that there's good news. There's room in heaven for every color, for every race. And so right now, in the balcony, in the cafe, wherever you are, I want you to find somebody. I want you to find somebody that doesn't have the same color skin as you. And I want you to grab them by the hand. Listen to me. This is, listen to me. This is the throne room of God. And I want you to get out of your seat right now and grab the hand of somebody and bring them to the throne room of God. And we're going to sing it one more time. Come on, get out of your seat. Find somebody and come right now around the throne room of God and let's paint a picture of heaven. Come on, everybody. Let's paint a picture of heaven. Come on, somebody. Let's paint a picture of heaven right now.